Welcome to Cinemaholics. The film review you're about to hear is a clip from our most recent episode of the Cinemaholics podcast, hosted by Will Ashton and myself, John Negroni. To watch and listen to Cinemaholics every week live, follow us on YouTube. The link is in the description of this review. Enjoy the show. Little Fish which is a sci-fi romantic drama. Uh, it's directed by Chad Hardigan. Have, have you seen uh, anything from Chad Hardigan before? I'm not, I'm not as familiar with him myself. He did Morris from America, right? Did he? Okay. I, I, I think. I, 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 I'm familiar with that film. I didn't see it. I know that was at Sundance a few years ago, and it got a warm response. But Just checked. You are correct. Yeah. Morris yeah. from America in 2016. He also made This Is Martin Bonner, and Luke and Bree are on a first date. So yeah, he's made a few films. I, I haven't seen any of these though. So I'm not, I'm not as, this is a, this is a, well, this is a new film for me in the, uh, Chad Hardigan. Yeah. Filmography. I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with the other two films you mentioned, but just based on what I can perceive that he sounds like a very Sundancey filmmaker. I'm kind of surprised this sure. film was not in the 2021 Sundance film festival, but, uh, yeah. nevertheless, it, it is kind of fitting that we're watching it so shortly thereafter. I'm surprised it's not like a Netflix film. This is IFC Films, but uh, I was thinking of The Discovery while I was watching this, uh, the Jason Siegel film, a lot. Uh, just kind of like the moodiness and the sort of uh, like bleakness of the the plot, which let's get into. Uh, so this film stars Olivia Cooke and Jack O'Connell as a couple that is uh, – we, we, we start the movie like where they first meet and their a romance is blossoming, but in the backdrop of their burgeoning love story is a pandemic, which is unique. It's uh, People are getting something called NIA, I think it is, where for unexplained reasons, uh, people are developing acute memory loss, and it's essentially a form of dementia that people are sort of getting seemingly at random. And there's no discernible cure. It can come in any time. And the film is kind of haunting. Uh, it's it's a very disturbing thought experiment. Um, just this idea that like you people are like in this movie going around and then someone will be like, you know, wait, I, I honestly don't know who you are. And it's pretty freaky. Uh, they, they really like set the stage with that, that whole aspect of the premise. And along the way, these two people are trying to hold on to each other. Jack O'Connell's character is uh, named Jude, and he is slowly losing his memory. Some people lose it all at once. Um, other people like him, it just sort of fades away slowly over time. The film kind of interestingly tackles the different ways people respond to dementia. Some people um, get violent when they can't remember things. Other people uh, are just a little bit more of like, oh yeah, I, I I don't know who you are. So and then just kind of like move along, and so kind of kind of a sad film in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's it's definitely one that I found kind myself. Of? Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah, and obviously like very uh, interestingly timed. Uh, the filmmakers made this in, right before the pandemic, so it was not you know this this was not filmed. I think this was filmed like a year before COVID was even a thing. Um, so it's yeah. kind of incidental timing there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the setup. What, what do you think of this one, Washington? Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, I had heard all this uh, high praise before. I think it has like a 96 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So uh, I, yeah. I came in with some expectations of this. And when it started out, I wasn't digging it. Like the opening 10 or so minutes, I was like, this just seems like your average indie dramedy kind of thing. Like it just, you know, like the performers are nice. You know, it's it's a little weird to see, like you were mentioning off the air, Jack O'Connell doing an American accent, Livia Cook doing a uh, British accent. But... Hey, Cinemaholics, uh, this is awkward. So I am inserting this after the recording because Will and I, you're not going to believe this, we made a mistake. 
Um, that's true. It happens, you know, every, once every couple of decades. Uh, so Will and myself thought that Olivia Cook was doing a British accent in this movie and is an American. It's not true. Olivia Cook is actually British. Obviously, we're embarrassed. Uh, we have considered leaving the podcasting business uh, forever. We're we'll st- we're still working that out. You know, updates to come. But for now, just wanted to insert this just to just to you know let you know so you don't you don't tell all your friends that Olivia Cook is an American. And I hope the damage hasn't already been done. So back to the show. Is it uh, even British too? Because it's like it's it kind of is like British Irish a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's very confused. It, it, it fluctuates a lot. Neither of their accents are particularly strong. Jack O'Connell keeps going into like his real accent here and there, and then Olivia Cook is 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 having a little bit of trouble as well. But no, yeah. neither are like completely distracting. Like I thought, it was I'm fine be with it with O'Connell because it just gives me Skins flashbacks, which sure. I want. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. When it started out, I was like, you know, like there's like they're trying to do like the evocative like Terrence Malick type, like, you know, like montage type stuff. And I was just like, I don't know. This just seems like your kind of traditional uh, romantic dramedy indie type thing. And, and Will's, when Will's it, heart was stone and yeah. it, it hardened even further as the film progressed. But as the premise went along, I was kind of surprised like how much I was getting endeared to it. I, I, I think it, its pacing is a little slack. Like, I, I don't think... Like it gets kind of so wrapped up in in the concept. I think there there are moments where I, I think it almost feels maybe a little like too bleak because it's so caught up in in the sadness, the premise that the story doesn't really progress much. But I, I do have to commend the film for having the patience that it does and and allowing itself to to have kind of complicated and contemplative conversations about like something like this that you know is, is very serious and it, it does like you know fit to what we're ta- dealing with right now in some respect and. And I do think the the two main performers are doing a nice job of keeping it grounded and and finding the authenticity here. And uh, by by and large, I liked it. I didn't love it the way some people are, but I, I was more endeared to this than I anticipated by the end. Yeah, I, I didn't love it either. I think we're kind of on the same wavelength this this episode, <laughs> which uh, that's a that's a welcome departure from uh, the the knives that were out during our Sundance conversation. So I'm good with that, but. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't mention this before, but it is, this film is based on a short story by um, uh, AJ, oh, that makes sense. AJ Gabble, I think, <laughs> something like that. It, it, yeah. it feels a lot like that. It feels a lot like a kind of thin, you know, plot, even though the story itself is there's a lot going on. And uh, also, um, Mattson Tomlin does the screenplay. And I, from what I can tell, it seems like a pretty good adapted screenplay. I think they were able to take a short story and kind of stretch it in a way that's not like noticeably stretched, you know, like, I mean, maybe you might notice it, but I, it definitely didn't bother me. It felt like this film was kind of going its natural progression. Yeah, I agree. My, my thing with it, you know, what kind of kept me from loving it is that there just weren't any surprises, I guess. I you kind of you kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, you you see everything kind of play out the way you expect it. Even the little things that they're kind of teasing out, they kind of spoil themselves on like some things that maybe some people might. I mean, I think both of us probably would have caught what was going to happen by the very end. But I think anybody can catch it just because they sort of give it away. <laughs> they're like, you know, like if you're just paying attention, you can be like, wait a minute, and then oh, that this is how the movie's going to end. And for me that robbed it of all tension because I was just like, all right, well, I, you know, okay. Like I, I don't know, I I guess I just it didn't affect me for that reason because I wasn't at the edge of my seat at all. I wasn't like and I wasn't that invested, I guess, in like what was going on throughout because it just felt like they were sort of 
you know, going back and forth on how they feel about the situation, but it's just the situation never really changed. There were no turns. There was, there's just no energy, I think, to the story. It just kind of goes down, down, downhill, and that's just kind of it. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's good along the way for sure. And it's, it's well executed. And I think Olivia Cook and Jack O'Connell, my goodness, are just, first of all, really great actors. And uh, I think that they both are just really electric to watch together. I think they have a really good, you know, they have a, they have a really good chemistry. I, I think I really bought their, uh, their love story. I, I, I liked those crazy kids and, uh, you know me, I'm, I'm a big fan of Olivia cook and I, I think it's, it's hard for me sometimes to watch Olivia cook and things because I just think of her character from thoroughbreds and I'm like, you're tech, you're secretly sociopathic. Don't even, you know, don't even lie to us right now. But, uh, in this movie, I didn't think about that the whole time. So there you go. Um, but I did like it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, like I said before, I think th- their talents in terms of developing these characters to feel pretty fleshed out and, and authentic in their relationship, not to say that the screenplay doesn't do that, but I, I, I do think they, they go a good while to making you believe into this relationship and uh, make you feel uh, endeared to it and, and ultimately sympathetic towards it. But um, yeah, I have to agree. I think maybe this is the rare time where I think maybe if they didn't focus so much on the two characters but kind of fleshed out the the world itself a little bit more i would have been kind of more immersed in it because it feels like nice to hear that from you elashan yeah because i think we, we outside of our lead characters we we only really see another like a set of uh another couple that's their friends like we see them briefly and then we kind of hear from their mom and then we occasionally throughout we'll, we'll see different personalities but we don't really fully get the full story of this world like i, I felt like a lot of it was ha- a lot of stuff was happening off camera that that would have been interesting to see or a little bit more interesting to know about that um you know we see like hints of it here and there and and i i, I think some of that would have been investing to to know but maybe that's just me i don't know if you feel that way john or not i do i, I think that it was kind of unbalanced in how the world itself was reacting to things because it a part of the film it's like the world is just sort of like well you know, like John Mulaney, it's like, this might as well happen. <laughs> but then other parts of the film, it's like chaos. So it's like, which is it? And I guess part of me, I'm going back and forth a little bit because I'm like, well, I guess that does kind of match what happened with COVID because it was in waves of like people just sort of accepting it. But then it would get really bad. And then people would be like, actually, this is this is terrible. And then it would go back to like, we were overreacting. You know, it's it's kind of it kind of reminded me of that. It also kind of reminded me in the way with like COVID how, yeah, you know, I just think that that like, that there's a certain line in this movie where it's like, how are you supposed to grieve that everything when everyone is going through the same thing? And it's that kind of hit me, you know, it's like, it, it does kind of yeah. directly tie to like what we've been going through. It's like, we're all going through this. So it's like, how are we supposed to like reckon with how we feel about it? Cause like every, you know, so many other people are, are in totally worse situations and it's just, it's really hard. And uh, I think this movie coincidentally, incidentally tackles it. It's kind of, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing I was kind of wrestling with while I was watching is that is it better or worse that this is coming out now? Like, is better in the sense like like stuff like that stands out more because there is a thorough line to what everyone's dealing with, but at the same time, like, like you can't not think of COVID when you're watching this movie. Like, it's just impossible to separate the two. So, like, does that rob the movie of its own, you know, world building? Like we we're saying, like, does are we connecting too much with our lives to the point where we can't really look at this as its own thing? And I don't really know. Like, I, I think that's going to have to vary for each audience member. Like, I think some people are going to be able to, you know, look at this movie for what it is and, and be a little bit more uh, 
taken by it because of what's happening in reality or they're going to be more taken out of it because they have to constantly associate with what's going on in the current pandemic. Like we said, not that the, it, it's unfair to compare the two because it's not, um, you know, it, it wasn't made with that intention. But at the same time, like they are releasing it now. So they have to be aware of it. I, I think I even got an email from one of the people that were their marketing that, that said like a pandemic movie made before COVID or something like that. So it's like, I think they're aware of this. Uh, they have to be at this point. So, and, and I don't know how I feel about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, like we were saying, like I think by and large it works. Like I, I think there's there's some things that could have been a little bit more fleshed out. I think there's some some things that uh, I I would have liked to have known a little bit about this world to to make it feel a little bit more enriched. But I think, like we said, like this, the core relationship is what works, and that's a focus here. And if that works, then the movie works. And uh, yeah, I was taken by it by the end. You know, I think I, I it kind of reminds me. It makes me think about how many films we're going to get like this this year? Cause it was like this at Sundance. There were so many like films that were incidentally about COVID and purposely about COVID. And like, I'm sure our listeners are so sick of it. They're just like, uh, like why does like I watch movies to get away from this subject. And like, even in this episode, it's like, we can't escape it, you know, between like life in a day we were talking about. And then we were talking about Malcolm and Marie. And it's like, it's just so intertwined in our lives. Even glitch in the matrix. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, because it was filmed during COVID. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, but yeah, we, did, we, didn't, people... we didn't have to dwell too much on that. We just kind of mentioned right. it. But like, it, I don't know. Well, I feel like it informed so yeah. much of our conversations in those other films. Sure. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I guess like, I don't know. I, I feel I feel for you listeners. I'm sorry that it keeps getting brought up. It's just. Well, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so hard to separate the topic. And I, I'm conflicted because, yeah, I mean, art is just reflective and it's reflecting a very pervasive moment in our lives. And, you know, to, to not mention it would be doing a disservice, you know, to like right. what this thing is about and what you would experience watching it. And we don't want to make you think that it's like, you know, this like totally removed from like how we're feeling about certain things. So then you end up watching it and be like, why didn't they even bring that up? They're terrible yeah. at their jobs. Well, I mean, art is reflective of the times. And like I said, I mean, the fact they're releasing it now, they have to know that this is going to be directly referencing COVID. So it's like, I'm, I don't feel guilty for referencing it or, or calling back to it, but uh, in terms of me being a film critic, like I, 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 I wonder if it's doing a disservice to, to looking the film objectively by, by bringing so much of COVID baggage into it. But I don't know. I, I can only look at the film the way I look at it now. So I, I maybe maybe later on I'll have a different opinion, but that's the yeah. way it is. Yeah. I mean, that speaks exactly, I think, to what you were saying before of like, well, would we be reacting to this movie differently? Would we be liking it more or disliking it if it, you know, if this had come out in 2019? And I'm conflicted on that because on one hand, I want to believe that I would actually like it a lot more because I would be able to just sort of appreciate it without thinking about, you know, these like depressing life events. Uh, instead, that that's kind of like intertwined with this. And, you know, you can't really just sit with the film and reckon with it. We have to keep comparing it to other things, which uh, I think can be just a little reductive sometimes to like what the, the author was intending. I, I wonder what it was like reading that short story, you know, all those years ago when it came out or whenever. So uh, all that said, I, definitely a good watch. I think people will get a lot out of this. I'm, I'm kind of sad that it's not on a streaming service. So it'd be kind of tough for people to see it, but I, I, I liked it a good bit. I, I'm a, I'm a, a solid B on little fish, low B actually it's, it was kind of close to B minus and I'm still kind of reconciling some things with it that kind of let me down, but it's the kind of movie where I think it could have been fantastic. I was really, you know, part of this movie, you know, not, not in the first bit, but like 
maybe like uh around the, like the beginning of the second act i was like man this is really good this is this could be like b plus a minus uh yeah i'm not too far from where you are though um i i, I was between a low b and a high b minus and i think i think i'll also give it the low b just because like we said i think what works is really appealing and and i was taken by it and like i said the ending you can see where it's going but i was still affected by it i, I think it, it's a sweet movie by and large and even though it is you know melancholic and it, it's by design like I, I think what it's able to achieve in terms of setting a mood and uh getting us into perspective of the characters is effective now how much of that is related to covid like we said that's a whole other discussion but um nevertheless i i think it works and i i think like you said i think people are going to be uh taken by it even if it is a little depressing by design but um, yeah, I, I am curious to see what the broader response is. Obviously, you know, a lot of critics are enjoying it and are, are getting a lot out of it. But um, I think by and large fans will, too. So this is a good one. All right. Well, you can stream or not stream. Sorry. You can uh, you can rent or buy Little Fish on demand right now on all the normal video on demand services. It is it's only 100 minutes. Uh, one of the shortest films we've talked about this week. And uh, I hope I hope people like it. I hope people are able to enjoy it to some degree. And uh, especially I hope that this is the return of Olivia Cook, you know, and Jack O'Connell. I feel like both of them have sort of been a little bit more obscured lately. I think with Olivia Cook since yeah. like Life Itself, Jack O'Connell since I guess Unbroken. Uh, we haven't seen that much yeah. of them, have we? Uh, not that I can recall. Yeah, I mean, I guess like what was that? Money Monster was 2016 as well with Jack O'Connell. So yeah, it's been a bit since I've I seen think that him. Was 2015 something, so. maybe. Feels was a it? long time I... ago. Actually, I didn't even see Money Monster. I just remember seeing the. Oh, ads I for did. It. That that was a, uh, that was okay. Uh, you know, it was okay. It was, a, it was a good. It was a decent like George Clooney, you know, sure. thing. Um, but yeah, I think Olivia Cook though she was actually she was in that Vanity Fair thing, the miniseries. So she's been she's been busy. I don't know what that that is, but um, yeah. I mean, the main thing I remember her from most recently was Ready Player One, which uh, was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she is she is fantastic. She is uh yeah, she's, she's an indie darling and I I I think like there's been like an effort to maybe like with Ready Player One to sort of like and life itself to like bring her to like a more mainstream Hollywood machine kind of thing. And I don't think that's what you know is happening, but if if it means that we get movies like this with her, I I'm a much bigger fan of uh of that arrangement myself. But yeah. yeah. Um, would it surprise you to know that there's some movie out there with her and Chris Rabbit that um, I haven't seen, but I know exists, and it seems like that's appealing to us. But there you go. We yeah. haven't seen it, but um, yeah, she's been doing a lot, and I, I think she's doing a lot of good stuff. But yeah, it seems like she's uh, one rule away from being like a breakout. But I, I think I agree with you that the, the smaller stuff she's doing now is a little bit more interesting, anyway. So at least for the time out. being, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube where you can stream our weekly episodes live for even more banter and weird film takes. See you all next time.